by meditating, I've been able to organize my ideas because when I do something, I just want to try a circle, a sphere, a triangle, and it looks strange, right? All these things put together, it's not organized. But then I, when I meditate, I start thinking about this. Like the begin, the very few, the first seconds is very challenging because there's a lot of noise inside my head or noise on, on my environment, but I've been able to block out as I've been meditating more and more. I don't care if it's noisy outside. I just, for some strange reason, like lose this awareness where I am and my consciousness drifts off into a different place where it's quiet. At the beginning, it was difficult because I don't suffer from anxiety, but I'm a little bit anxious. So I was just like, I just want to get done with this. This is not working. My breathing was off. So I started doing guided meditation. It definitely helped a lot. That was the first step. And through meditating, since I'm not thinking about anything, then like you said, subconsciously an idea appears. And then I started following that path. Hi guys, and welcome back to Playground. On this episode, I have with me Jorge Sabongo, who goes by Peacock. And he is an, he is an award class architect from the island of Roatan off the coast of Honduras. Peacock, how are you today? Everything great. Everything's great. Um, thanks for having me on the podcast. For me, it's a pleasure to share my ideas and my thoughts with everyone listening to this podcast. Yeah, thank you, Peacock, a lot. And I want to just ask, start off the conversation, like how has the pandemic been for you? How has the past couple of months been for you? How have you been handling, with the, handling the pandemic? When the pandemic started, for me, it wasn't a problem because I still had my job through most part of the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Although it was difficult because I was working at home. I was li- I'm living on an island and I'm living in a part that's very isolated. So I have barely minimum contact with other people which it was good at some point because it gave me a lot of time to meditate but it was difficult on my family because lots of our businesses my dad he's a lawyer and worked with banks and very successful but uh his income decreased a lot but he was a we were able to maintain most of our our, like my family's uh, businesses later by august of last year in, uh, in 2020 i quit my job and that was very difficult for me because I thought that was the only way to achieve my goal, which is to become a world-class architect. Mm-hmm. But after that, it was good that I left my job because then my dad um, got sick with COVID. It got really bad for him. So I had to take over my dad's businesses and help him with a lot of stuff to this day, right? He's at home recovering, which is good. But uh, I'm just grateful that we've been through a lot of stuff, but we're just, we're coming out of uh, all these situations we've been going through as a family as well. Okay. But it's been bad for a lot of people. But in my case, it hasn't been that bad. I hope your dad's doing well. And with COVID. Yeah, he's doing better. Yeah. Thanks. Okay, that's, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. And I wanted to start off asking, where is home for you, Peacock? And where did you grow up? Okay, home for me is where I actually I am right now on the island of Roatan. It's north of the coast of Honduras. It's an island that's very famous right now because there's a lot of a huge expat community from the States and Canada. And there's a small Czech community, community too, which is very strange. People from Europe have a small expat community here. Um, but it is home to me is where I am right now. It's not where I grew up. It's not where I was born. Because where I live, it, it's, I've made home wherever I go. It's home, whether it fits for a week or for a month that I've been in some other country. That, that place, it's home for me. I think it's good that I'm able to adapt to a change. When every, something happens, I've been able to ad- adapt when it comes to moving somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. But some of the changes for everyone can be a lot more difficult. Uh, I grew up in a small town in the central part of the country. It was nice because this house was a house, was a business at the same time because okay. my grandfather had um his business was to export coffee he grew he grew up with coffee and then it, it was exported so the house had huge piles of coffee and we used to swim and if you've done snow angels well, well we did snow coffee so <laughs> uh, we were we thought that it was water so we were swimming uh the 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 amount of coffee on the backyard uh went up to probably a chest so it was a lot of coffee being exported and the smell of coffee i used to love that smell so this town, there wasn't a lot going on, but to me it was amazing because I was able to play on the streets, ride a bike, go to the hills that were close by. A lot of um, 
stories. This town is a little bit famous for witchcraft. So people do think a lot about witches and wizards and stuff that were occurring over there. Um, there's this myth that if a girl washes her panties down a certain a creek that's there and um, brews a coffee within, the guy will fall in love with this girl. So oh. <laughs> it's strange stories that happen over there. Some people say it's true because some people do say it has happened. People fall in love with a certain girl because she did this with a coffee in her panties. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I, I like that a lot. Um, what did or do your parents do for a living? Um, my parents, both of them were lawyers. My mom worked with the government. That gave her a lot of time to spend with us, to raise us. She was always hands-on when we came to our education, right? She was always nurturing and loving. I can't complain about her. She always gave not even 100, 200, 500, 100,000 percent for us, which is very important going up. My dad was a lawyer and he's an attorney and a public notary, which means that he, he's successful. He makes a lot of money. He worked with banks too. So he was able to give us that part of life. I grew up, although Honduras is a poor country, but there's a lot of resources, a lot of people with money. My family at some point was lower middle class, but then my dad started hustling and working a lot more. And my family now is upper middle class. So I went to a bilingual school, which I even learned French. I've traveled abroad, nice clothes, everything. Um, the latest Xbox, the latest PlayStation, yeah. uh, nice bicycles, uh, the uh, most recent cleats, soccer cleats, because I used to play soccer a lot. Uh, practice karate because my dad was big on karate so I had the nice gear nice equipment my nice uh, staff or, or the bow which I used to practice a lot um, my parents it's my mom she's my greatest fan wow. she supported me because it was difficult architecture school for me because I had no talent when it came to that I couldn't draw I was terrible at math terrible at handcrafts all these things that people think that you should be good at in order to get into architecture school but my mom said, you should try. If you feel like it's your calling, you should try it. At times, even when I was in architecture school, I just wanted to quit because it was unbearable. The long hours, the long nights, it was a lot of work, lots of drunks. I was terrible. I was even crying several times. But my mom said, if you feel like this is the right thing, keep pushing. And I eventually became an architect. And I, I didn't have the greatest grades, right? Mm -hmm. But I was the one that had, the, had more passion the biggest passion in the whole architecture school it was me right and you can tell my ideas not that i perceive myself as a genius but i was trying to innovate and push the boundaries which led me to have terrible grades because some of my professors weren't able to see my idea uh, thoroughly right or completely they couldn't picture it so but there were other guys who were very good at it and very had a lot more creativity than the one that i have but it's been amazing because it that forced me to level up, right? And be at the same level. And right now, from all the people that I went to um, architecture school, I was the one that was made, making a lot of progress, but that was later on because all the immediately had a job, were good at it, but it took a, a lot longer for me to develop and to establish myself as a professional. My dad, he was uh, always told me, you should be an entrepreneur or start your own business. Don't depend on someone else that was very important, told me to practice karate, be mentally strong, all those things were very important. But my dad is a little bit different than my mom because um, he paid for my college and paid for a lot of stuff. I had his support, but in the sense that since he knew and saw that my grades were terrible, he thought that you should do something else. This is not for you, you're not made for this, right? But that advice never came in a very negative way. He was trying to be realistic, do like chill do something else, the world's not going to end just because you don't become an architect. But uh, two things happened once. Before I finished architecture school, I was, thought I was going to become a city planner or something like that, right? related to urbanism, city planning. But I told my dad once, I want to work for the UN, right? Mm -hmm. But I didn't say I want to be at the head of the United Nations. So he thought, he said that when I said that, I came across as arrogant oh. and selfish. I mean, someone else would have said, well, we have a big goal. You should pursue that, right? But when my dad said that, I got very annoyed because I thought I was, he was going to be supportive and I never meant to come across as arrogant. 
And once I designed something that was different, right? The first time it got very, I was, I was working a high-end jewelry store, mm-hmm. but that wasn't, it wasn't my sport, but I gave it a try because uh, I had two major fail, failures as an architect early on in my career. So I said, I'm sick of this. I'm not meant for this. I started having doubts. So I quit being an architect. So I started working on retail, selling jewelry, which the first month was great because I was able to make on one day, I covered these people from head to toe on jewelry. It was $74,000 in just one day. Wow. So I was like, my first month making huge sales. This is amazing. This is my career, right? But it turns out by the third or fourth month, I was barely selling. Mm-hmm. And I got so frustrated. So I said, I think I should give it a try. So I started drawing. Then this drawing, this sketch, I started modeling the computer. Then this amazing thing happened. My, I never showed it to my dad, but he saw it because I posted on Facebook and Instagram. And he said, I saw your post. I don't know if you copied that from someone else. I don't think you designed that, but you shouldn't be doing that. You should be doing stuff that's real, something that people can, uh, something that it's not that crazy, right? That's pure fantasy. Don't waste your time doing that. That really broke my heart because it was something that it was tangible and real for me. And in order for my dad not to see it, uh, it, it was so disappointing. So I told my friend that this had, had happened with my dad. And he said, you should take this as a compliment because he doesn't have the mindset, the creativity, or the idea that, that you can do this, that you're able to be so creative. He's not aware of this. So take it as a compliment because he can see it. And the same has happened with a lot of stuff. People didn't believe in atoms and microbes and molecules. They're there just because you don't see it doesn't mean that it's not there. That, that, uh, you can relate that with faith and other stuff right in life. So my dad hasn't been my greatest fan, but he's been there for me by my side always. So I really love him. So just I want to share this with everyone. Even your family will be against some of the stuff that you're doing, but don't take it the wrong way. It's just they can't see it. They don't understand your dream. You just have to believe for yourself. Gladly, I have, I've had several friends that do believe in what I'm doing and they support me and they encourage me. So I can't say if I've had haters so far at this point. I've had a lot of friends reaching out and telling me that I should definitely pursue and continue with my dream. So my parents have been huge in my success as an architect. So um, yeah, I don't know if you want to ask something else, but... Yeah, uh, there's a lot of hidden gems there, and I'm, I, I, I would, I wrote them down, so I'm gonna go back to it for sure. But I wanted to ask before, like, before I ask the hidden gem questions, is as a child, like, as growing up in Nicaragua, I mean, no, not growing up in Honduras, and growing up, what were you curious about as a child, and what, like, what, what made you like, what made you alive when you were a child? Okay, this is strange, but when I was a kid, I used to read a lot. I mean, that was like dinner, lunch, uh, breakfast, dinner, and lunch. I was reading a lot, everything. My dad gave me this uh, set of uh, encyclopedia for kids, kids. So I was read, reading about everything. I read so much that I was like, I was into the, the Spartans, what was happening in Greece, the wars that had Persia against Sparta. That was, for some strange reason, I used to watch History Channel a lot. And back in the day, they were showing a lot about wars with the Romans, all these uh, tribes that were in Europe, they were fighting each, each other, the Ottoman Empire. Even I used to love stories about samurais and uh, everything, all the empires that were in China. That I used to watch a lot of Discovery Channel. Back in the day, there were lots of documentaries about uh, nature, and that was big for me. I just I used to sit all day just to watch uh, watching Animal Planet and Discovery Channel. Um, as an adult, I don't read as much as I did for some strange reason, I lost that. So for the last year and a half, I've been reading a lot more, trying to tap into my inner child. I thought I was going to be like a biologist or a scientist. Mm-hmm. And I used to daydream a lot that I was a rich guy and I owned two companies. One was a biotechnology company and one was a robotic company because I was very attracted to technology and to robots. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, it's not like it's right now, right? But the process, and I even saw these wooden machines that Da Vinci was talking about. So that was very interesting. 
And that led me probably to study architecture because you get to read a lot about, not just about art, construction, it's about the environment, about psychology, about hospitals, about how to design a school, um, city planning, the river. So it's a lot of layers that piled up and that's what has driven my curiosity to even about um, space. I mean, I'm not big on astrophysics and I don't pretend to know a lot about it because there's a lot of people that think that they're Stephen Hawking just because they read a, read a paper, they think they know it all, right? <laughs> it's not my case. I read it and I don't understand not even half of it. It's very difficult to understand what they're saying, but still I have an idea. Uh, I like math a lot, although I wasn't good. I like all these, uh, because math comes in layers, right? Just adding, subtracting, then it goes deeper and deeper, right? Into algorithms. And I think it's interesting that math has a component that people don't share when you're in, in school. You tend to hate that, right? Because for you, it's just a hurdle. Yeah. But they don't tell you that if you want to become an engineer, a pilot, or go to space, even if you want to be in agriculture, you need math because all those uh, numerical patterns, everything, you're, people read numbers, right? Like in the, um, the Little Prince, it states that adults always ask numbers, right? How many uh, siblings you have? How much, the, uh, how many houses do you own? What's your income? Numbers. But we don't talk about, uh, like, if I'd say this is a $7 million house, oh, that's a nice house. But if I tell you this is a house with beautiful windows, it's a blue house with a nice yard, you don't think it, it could be very expensive, right? Or even pretty. So math is very important nowadays people just because it's difficult they give up on it and it's the thing that will even make you money will even make you make you think a lot better than other people because it taps in certain parts of your brain that are undeveloped so it gives you a lot more insight on stuff that you're doing numbers run everything you I mean banks run run on numbers not on anything else not on art so it's very important and it's a huge misconception that people think it's just a hurdle so all those things um, in my childhood were very important because I didn't care much about sports or anything like that. It was just about science and science only. To me, there wasn't another thing that I just wanted to uh, do. I even uh, dissected insects, fruits, look into the, like the structure. To me, it was interesting. I used to just, uh, I saw tadpoles or iguanas eating other insects I would just sit there and watch the whole day ants because their behavior that was so engaging to me because I was trying to figure out the numbers trying to figure out what they were doing what they were trying to plan ahead and I always saw something that really it's quite compelling the notion about the alpha even when I was a kid mm -hmm. I knew I had to be the alpha on something right uh, the alpha for the ants is the queen the alpha for the wolf is the one leading the pack for the lion is the male, but there are alphas who are females too, right? So it's all about being the alpha for me, but in a way, not like in a wild way, right? Just uh, not be, not in a disrespectful way, you know, always being respectful, like the wolf is, right? Or even peacocks. <laughs> so shot science was very important to me throughout my childhood. I have couple of questions that come sure. out from that so when you when you like said that you designed architecture and like with the math and numbers mm -hmm. could you explain like from from like as a child with those numbers like playing with those numbers like in math class and then slowly evolving into you as an architect right now how do you feel when like you create something to like in an, in an engineer perspective how do you feel when you create something that like works like creating something in your mind and making it a reality in the real world, like in architecture, like that, that, that transformation, how do you feel when that happens? And how do you feel like when it, like when like something works, when like you're trying to figure out the numbers and something like clicks and it suddenly works, like the algorithm works or like the engineering works or something like it's like, it, it holds this amount of weight or whatever. I don't know architecture that much, but okay. like, how do you feel in that sense? Okay. If I try to pursue that, let's create this structure, new type of, bridge let's say for example i won't be able to achieve that right because the way that i'll do it it's by abstracting myself from the situation i remove myself from the current situation and the idea comes from something else right the structure of plants the structure within a, a tree bark or 
or for example, spider webs, that's a very important. It's going to become a huge industry in the coming years, right? The spider web, the structure, it's very interesting just because you can, if there's a spider web, you just swing your hand and it comes down, but because your hand is so massive, but still it's attached around your hand. So that structure is the one that I want to apply into a bridge. Uh, someone once said, when in doubt, look at nature. So that's why it's been very important for me not to seize that tackle on that problem in a very aggressive manner. I'd rather take two steps back and abstract myself and see, understand the numbers, understand why this is happening, trying to predict what, what could happen. It's difficult to predict because it's a huge and wild guess, right? So by looking at other situations, it's probably the right approach for me in order to solve a problem. And when it comes to numbers, it's because I'm trying to find someone said, you can't hack the system at times, but that's why the word says hack, right? Because there's a way that you can go around it, right? Not necessarily could be easier, but you find another way that could lead to other innovations along the way. Probably right now it might be expensive, like solar energy started becoming, at the beginning it was very expensive. Now it's become a lot cheaper. Now let's not even talk about electrical cars. Back in the day, people thought it was extremely expensive and the designs that were available were not that good. Now you can see the, the lines, it's so slick, so amazing, the innovation within, let's not even talk about high-end luxury cars, right? But that's how you approach a problem. You seek for a new way. That way is very um, complicated, like Elon Musk right now going to Mars. He had three, three or four major failures in the beginning when he was launching his ships, yet that was very expensive. But the lessons that he learned through failure led for the success later on that he's going to have now and later on in his career, right? And for all of us that are benefiting from these ideas. So I think it's about not being scared of trying something new, which is right now for me, it's terrifying since I'm venturing on my own with another friend, starting my own architecture studio. Mm -hmm. And we made this commitment that it has to be with innovation. I don't want to have cookie cutter houses or house that you find on Pinterest and just kind of change it a little bit. I just want to innovate. And it's the same thing that happened when I was a kid. I just was doing some crazy stuff, piling up blocks, uh, smelling the coffee. I even had an idea to create a, a bridge full of coffee. And now I think to myself, think to myself, it's the structure within the coffee, the molecules within the coffee that'll create a rigid structure for this and so on, right? So in order for me, the key idea is to abstract myself. And by doing that, I'll eventually find the answer to put, to try it on, on a product or in a career or something that I want to do at the moment. I have things based off of that because like some connections, you already made a connection back to your childhood because I was going to mention mm -hmm. that like as a child, you were very interested like dissecting animals and like dissecting the insects and like all that stuff. And like, I love how you take inspiration from nature for what you're doing right now and taking two steps back. But uh, you mentioned this before, like at the very beginning of this, when we started this conversation that you meditate, so how, do, how, is, how does the meditation process work? And like, how has that helped you? Because I also meditate and I also love being in nature. And for me, I, 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 when like before I take, before I do an assignment, before like I do, a, I do a creative project, I take two steps back. I spend time in nature because that's when like my inspiration comes to me, like ideas come to me. So how does meditation look for you? And how has meditation like helped you with your architectural designs, with your creativity, with your in innovation? Well, by meditating, I've been able to organize my ideas because when I do something, I just want to try a circle, a sphere, a triangle, and it looks strange, right? All these things put together, it's not organized. But then I, when I meditate, I start thinking about this. Like the, begin, the very few, the first seconds is very challenging because there's a lot of noise inside my head or noise on, on my environment, but I've been able to block out as I've been meditating more and more. I don't care if it's noisy outside. I just, for some strange reason, like lose this awareness where I am and my consciousness drifts off into a different place where it's quiet. At the beginning, it was difficult because I don't suffer from anxiety, but I'm a little bit like, anxious. So I was just like, I just want to get done with this. This is not working. My breathing was off. So I started doing guided meditation. It definitely helped a lot. That was the first step. And through meditating, since I'm not thinking about anything, then like you said, subconsciously an idea appears and then I started following that path then something that someone said two days ago was is able to fit and I added on to this idea I just start putting in uh, things together right it's like a puzzle that I'm trying to solve without wanting to solve it it just 
it gets sorted out by itself, which is very interesting because people put at times a lot of resistance trying to um, solve a problem and things just unfold, for, unfold by itself. Like in the book of Siddhartha, it's the river, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same river, but new water constantly, constantly flows through it. So all these, these ideas are constantly flowing through, through me. And I'm trying to grab a, a little bit of each and everything that I think about. So meditation has, has enabled me to become aware of where I am right now, because I do rush a lot through a lot of things that I'm going through as a person right in my career. When I finished college, to me, it wasn't a big thing. And I said, I was so stupid. I should have enjoyed it a lot more. Should have embraced and loved that day. It was a very, it was the pinnacle at that point because it was so difficult for me. But at the moment, I just wanted to be done with it, right? It wasn't important. So by meditating, I've been able to be present in the, in the moment, uh, enjoy more the time I spend with my parents, with my brother, my grandmother. I've been able to understand how people feel through meditating, through meditation, because I can pick certain things that they say that it's implied and I know what they want. And that's very important when you want to close a deal, is to connect with people, right? You must serve them first. Before you take, you must give. And that has been very important. And people say, what if they take advantage of me? Of me? That's, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's their loss. It's not yours, right? You might feel like a sucker and embarrassed afterwards, but like in a week or two, you wouldn't even think about that anymore, right? We have so, very similar perspectives in life, I had to say, with meditation and like how we perceive these things, like giving before we take and like those philosophies. So I wanted to ask like with, 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 with the meditation and like with these philosophies, do you have any philosophies that you live by in your life? Like some phrases that you live by and how did you like gain these philosophies or like gain these like little nuggets that, that define your life? Cause you mentioned the Siddhartha book, or like the book of Siddhartha and like the verbal and flowing and like, all of these metaphors, like I've learned these things through reading. I read, I, I read, like, I read lots of like self-help books, like lots of books about like these kind of ideas. So where do you, where do you get these inspirations coming from? And then like, how, like, do you have like any like philosophies that you live by? Everything started in 2016, right? Um, I was starting my career as an architect. I will, it's not that I'm spiritual, right? I'm not like a guru or anything like that or a monk, but I was disorganized. I was sloppy. Um, I was responsible, but it was a mess, right? So I had these two early fail failures as an architect early on in 2017. I screw up two constructions. That's it. I'm not going to lie and I'm putting it because I have nothing to hide, right? So I was out there. Everyone knew. It tore, tore me apart. I mean, not that I want to die, but it feels like that, right? You know, you want yeah. to disappear. So um, I started having out mentors. I became friends with a Canadian professor. He retired. He was he's living on the island. So he used to walk by my construction every single day. So I just said hi to him every single day and we became friends. So he said you should read the Siddhartha book. So I read that. And that was the first step in order for me to grow up to acquire this knowledge that a lot of people are aware, but I'm not. Um, I don't know if it's because living in Honduras, you're there are so many other problems that you should be focused on, focusing on than meditating or stuff like that, which is very important. But people here neglect that a lot. And stuff uh, like being fit, eating healthy, people don't think about that. And Siddhartha was the first book. When I was in uh, high school, it was The Count of Monte Cristo. But back then, my life was perfect. So there was no struggle. I just, and it was a nice story, right? So when I was going through all these hardships, I read again The Count of Monte Cristo. A lot of great ideas came through this book. So my philosophy came, it had to do, it's crazy, but the, the more hardships you, you go through, the better. As they say, the more you sweat and battle, the less you bleed and, and no, the, the less you, the, the more you sweat in training, the less you bleed, bleed in battle. So I'm excited to, to face all these challenges, to struggle a lot because I know Later on, I'll be able to connect the dots and I see that all those hardships made me into a stronger person. And another part of my philosophy, I'm huge on stoicism. To me, that's great because all these Roman empires, the generals, the warriors, all 
they were huge and they were always fighting, always conquering, always being defeated, always learning. So it's this um, concept about always getting dirty, always trying to strive for more because you might be helpless and that feeling of helplessness, it's good because it makes you, you become aware of your shortcomings, stuff that you must invest time on reading and learning and developing your skills. So reading Siddhartha, reading the Count of Monte Cristo, reading The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand, which is very important, talks about integrity and being authentic, something that a lot of people are not nowadays. I think there was a song, I think it was Drake that mentioned, or Lil Wayne that said, you're a sellout, but I'm buying. Mm -hmm. And the problem about being a sellout, no one's buying. That's why I said, I want to be authentic, create designs that are unique. I don't want to copy something that is out from somewhere else. So that's being true to yourself is very important because I face a lot of hardships. Like I said, my dad's against some of the stuff that I'm doing. Yeah. He thinks that it's not going to happen, but I do see it. Like I do see it. I know it's real. Um, so another thing that I really I relate to myself. It's unlike water. water. Water is so gentle, right? It's so calm, so peaceful. The sound relaxes you. But when it's raining or there's a typhoon, it ravages the whole country, the whole region. And I feel like I must be like water, soft, but yet I can be strong, right? And the good thing about when it's raining, you have a hurricane or typhoon, it cleans up everything, it ravages everything, but the same, it takes so much with you, but it removes everything that's wrong. It's like a wildfire. You need wildfire because it takes everything that's not working or it's uh, decaying, and then new life comes out of it. The same thing happens when uh, there's a landslide, a huge storm good things come out of this, right? And I know good things are going to come out of this pandemic. New businesses are, are uh, startups and businesses are, are coming, are innovating and developing every single day. A lot of old, uh, even uh, working remotely, now it's a thing back at, like a year ago, it wouldn't be. Yeah, it wouldn't be a thing at all. So when stuff like a pandemic happens, it's taking everything, everything that's not, I know it's taking away family members, friends, and relatives, but it's a natural process, right? In nature, you, uh, I always thought this is strange why, when I was watching all these documentaries, wildlife documentaries, why is the camera guy not saving the gazelle, right? Why the, the, they're not interfering with the alligator in the boa, but you must let for that to happen. Yeah. You can't fight against that, right? Yeah. But that's when you adapt and you create, in wildlife, they have certain adaptations that help them live even if it's the same species, but they're separated from like on an island, the birds on an island, they might be from the same species, but they have certain traits that are different. It's the same with us, the same in careers, right? I'm an architect. That's probably my, my race, my type. But within, I branched out into something different. That's why you see in Dubai, the guys designing over there, they're on a different game level. Or even the states, architects like Frank Gehry, Gene Gang, Kobe Carp. They are able to innovate and create uh, new ideas, new buildings. So that has been very important for me. So my philosophy is about creating. Uh, I love what you said. I want to jump in right here because I already, I think I already said this before, but we are very similar in the sense that I, I read Stoicism as well. My favorite uh, high school novel is *The Count of Monte Cristo*. I read. I love that. I love the novel, and I consider myself more spiritual than religious. And one of my values, one of my biggest values is authenticity. Mm -hmm. That I cannot like with, with this podcast too, with my brand Playground, we discover your inner child and everything. I wanted to be speak like authenticity because it's it, I want my heart to speak out. And I feel like I think you notice this too. Like in our society, many of us do things to please other people rather than doing things to please ourselves for our own happiness, for our like to to leave our mark on the world. And I just wanted to jump in in that because I feel like it's difficult to pave your own path. It's difficult to be authentic and do what you want to do. Like you, you're doing this, you're making this new architectural form. And like, it's like, these things are difficult. Like it, but I feel like, like, and you ended it with saying that your philosophy is creating. And that's what I think that everyone's philosophy to a sense is because as children, we all created different with our imagination. We created with our creativity. We created different roles. We created different games. We used to play all the time and we used to create all the time. But when we grow up, we stopped creating as much as we could, as, as much as we wanted to. So next question, like the question I want to pose to you is 
how difficult it is it to like jump off like take that leap of faith to start creating to start being authentic and i know that and i wanted to ask like i wanted to weave into like how how you got your name peacock because i know you got it because it had to do with confidence so like how was that journey for you that transformation from going from being that from like not being authentic and like trying to like please everyone else but trying to and then moving on and transforming into this authentic and neutral you are today when you're a kid you don't you don't care about what your parents say they say don't don't pull your don't stick your tongue into the outlet yeah you do it <laughs> then you get shocked by it right yeah then you start crying but now you know that you shouldn't be doing that um the same thing happens with society they're telling you don't do this and yes at times they're right but many times they're wrong because you know why you're doing that so when you're a kid you play you you don't care about no one just about yourself and your friends right and this world that you've created with your friends that's so so alive right when i was a kid i used to pre- i was big on pokemon right so I in my head i was i wanted so bad for pokemon to be alive that i i was i didn't care if people saw me playing i was just in my own world playing pretending to be a pokemon i we even with my cousins we thought we were trainers so we were we were pokemons and fighting against each other yeah <laughs> i did the so, exact same thing in my recess like we, we used to throw tennis balls at each other imagining pokemon <laughs> like pokemon battles yeah i love that stuff yeah <laughs> Go on. so that that is very important to me so all these things have helped me since i said the other day to myself i didn't care what people were saying so if i take this leap I don't care what they say if whether if I'm right or wrong it's challenging because now I have to pay bills and so many things that come with it right but I have to be a little bit careless not a little bit careless with what people could say or think about me because what they think of me about me it's it won't add up to my life it doesn't mean anything because it could be praise or it could be a lot of criticism but in the end I have to deal with that so branching off by myself I wasn't encouraged by my previous boss because like I said I used to lack a lot of confidence but he was the second person that said you have talent you have the talent to become a world class architect you have to polish yourself it was nice because i have this uh, tattoo it's yeah. a parametric pattern right so, still talking about math mm-hmm. and they're going to use this pattern on a, on the facade of a building and to me that's great because something that was irrelevant to him became so important even the the client really liked this pattern a lot and they're going to use it somewhere else with uh, within a hotel that we designed in the spa so he said one day you're going to bring your clients and tell them that this tile was designed because of your tattoo and once I, I was kneeling to plug my computer onto the onto the wall and he said you shouldn't be kneeling to do that you design hotels throughout the caribbean that's beneath you I mean that's a little bit arrogant to say right but <laughs> but the idea doing that gave me a lot of confidence confidence and he even compare my compare me to a, if you play soccer or football yeah, the, I was the striker right so I'm the one scoring goals but I was playing on the wing so he said I was a winger which is the guy that keeps constantly attacking passing the ball over to the box crossovers but the thing is that I lacked the definition that's when confidence comes into play i can do the play i'm very fancy even when i play soccer i'm kind of fancy all these tricks and everything kind of like a peacock right hey <laughs> all eyes on me so that developed this idea that i could achieve and strive for more i was working with the canadian architect and he was the one that told me you have these great ideas you should definitely pursue it but people say why don't you um take a masters degree and study abroad I don't think that's important anymore. A lot of people own businesses and don't have a, a PhD or a master's degree. It's to have a restaurant you don't have to be a chef, right? Or or to own a telecom business, you don't have to be a, a telecommunications engineer. It's just happened that you develop all these skills and you're able to create this business. Something that's very strange nowadays are are all these rappers that have become investors in tech. Yeah has nothing to do with playing basketball, football, soccer, whatever, right? But they saw the opportunity and they're investing their money and their time in creating all these businesses, something that's not related, not even remotely related to sports. Gary Vaynerchuk is a huge example, the, the wine library, Vayner Media, Vayner Sports. 
Elon Musk is the same. Right? Everyone's venturing and doing something different. I don't see myself as an architect my whole life. It'll be like my main thing, but I want to branch out into look. I used to work at a high-end jewelry store. So definitely something I want to pursue later on in life, fashion, but not that uh, I don't want to be a seller when it comes to fashion. I have this idea. I'll put this idea out there. I don't care if someone takes it or not. I want to create, I was born June 21st, that's the summer solstice. Mm -hmm. So if I have a fashion brand, I only produce 21 products of, let's say 21 shirts, 21 pants, 21 trainers. That's my idea to create scarcity for it to become a luxury brand. So all these things have, even my dad told me the other day, I I don't know why you're applying to other architecture studios probably your the next step is for you to branch out and start doing things on your own for you to become your own boss and for you to employ other people that was so rewarding that was so also good when he said that right because he kind of knows that i don't want to be an employee even my previous boss said the same thing he asked me i told you i want to be part of the luxury hospitality business how do i start and he even asked me asked me as a businessman or as an architect and i told him i don't know because I don't know which path it will eventually take off, right? So that's why I decided to take this leap by myself and with a friend, because we. I remember Dave Grohl when he was a uh, started with Nirvana. He said that they were they they were bad at it, terrible. But people love their energy, love how they were performing. So it's not about being perfect. It's just about starting and doing something. And as I'm talking to you right now, I'm writing down all these ideas that, that I probably forgot. Right. And since you've been interviewing me, all the stuff that's probably was inside, it's coming out and all the endless source of information that I'm providing to everyone and to you. And I hope everyone feels inspired by this. The reason I like I I want to get kind of meta here. The reason I ask I have these interviews, the reason I want to help other individuals, like uh, for me, I like talking to strangers because I want to I want what happened to you to happen to most strangers. It's like dreaming big because. In, in this conversation there's no limits you could dream as big as possible and that's because one thing i think that's very important is we don't dream big enough that if we take dream big but take small action steps to get to that big dream that you want to achieve and i feel like because what you just said like the, the fashion account you don't want to be an architect you want to be more than an architect you want to just you have so many interests i hit that personally because i'm starting to become a doctor right now i'm pre-med and that's in becoming a doctor is a lot, lots of years, like 10 years of study. But at the end of the day, I know that I'm not just going to become a doctor. I'm going to do other stuff too. I want to, like now I'm going to talk about like my ideas for playground. So I have three main goals in life. I want to change the healthcare system, the education system, and the corporate world by introducing the idea of play, by introducing the idea of the inner child and how we could create more, have fun more in these different spaces. So I want, to, I want to make Playground a consulting company at the end of the day, like an entrepreneur, like go to these corporate spaces and like have creative workshops, manage, imaginative workshops, have bring in a trampoline, let them have fun, let them play. And then at the end of the day, we come in together and see how, how we could use this energy and make it more productive for the business, how we could use this energy to like, to create like a big a morale for the company with the company's purpose and all that stuff. So like, that's the idea I have. And then, something very similar so i wanted to bring this up too because you're an architect and it might help me in my future is for the healthcare field like i want to become a pediatric neurologist so a doctor for children with autism and developmental disabilities but i want to create a different type of clinic i want to create like a playground clinic where the first thing you go in you walk in it's like a little playground like this like a ball pit like disney movies are playing pixar movies the walls are like very bright yellow it's very like kid friendly very children friendly and at the very back is like a doctor's office and I want to like, I want to create something like this because I feel like many children, especially like children's hospitals, are going to hospitals. It's very like the architect. You may notice too, but the architecture of those buildings, like the color of those buildings, it, it takes energy away from me in a sense. Like hospitals, especially, I want to bring energy. I want to bring life into these hospitals again. So that's a, that's that's another idea I have. It's like a play, like when I when I create my own clinic as a doctor, like a playground clinic, where it's like very fun, creative, and like very enjoying and very playful. But at the same time, at the back, it's like it's where the serious stuff happens, and I kind of like combine those two ideas. And then with the education system, I think you feel you feel like this too because you mentioned before 
that you were the most passionate person in arch- in architectural school, but you didn't have a grade. For me, I, I there's a mock train quote that goes, I never let my schooling interfere with my education. And I truly believe that because there's, for me, there's two things, two things, schooling and education. Schooling is like the grades to like doing well on assignments, turning in everything on time, that kind of stuff. But education is like the passion, learning for the sake of learning, that kind of stuff, like learning to like change the world, learning because you're inspired to learn. And I want to, right now, like at the education system in America, at least in most education systems, it's focused on the schooling part. Like we need to get you a follow, like how does your resume look like? We need to get you a job, that kind of stuff. But I want to focus more on the education thing, like what inspires you, what makes you feel alive? How could we apply that? And how could you learn, like basically reading for the sake of reading, reading for fun? How could you like inspire these things to help you like become a better individual in the future? So that's how like, I, I feel like, you, you feel this too, like with your passions, you're the most passionate about architecture. And that's like how I want to change the education system to like introduce, like to focus more on education rather than schooling. So those are those like, I, I love this because we, I, because we both dream big and we, we're not afraid to share our dreams. We're not afraid to like let other people hear them because it inspires like our listeners to dream big as well. Because there's, there's no limit to your imagination as a children. As children, we had no limits to imagination when we played Pokemon or whatever no limits and that same thing here we have no limits we could dream as big as we want but for me i think the most important thing is like taking that small action steps so like right now playground is a podcast and having a conversation with you but i have like 20 years dreams down the line of how i want it to be same thing with you with architecture like how you came and like with gary raynachuk like all these people talk about exact same thing so like talks about that do you have anything to say about that and like yeah what do you think about that well, first of all, before I continue, I'll definitely hire you because I need <laughs> your advice when I start my own thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I want to be your first client and trust me, that will happen. Um, something I didn't reply previously, it's Peacock, right? Uh, I got the nickname because I started, I felt, I wasn't feeling confident that day. I said, I just want to dress up today. So I started putting on my slim ties, look real crisp, nice. So I went to... Um, college that day and my prof- one of my professors saw me and she said "Ooh, you look like a peacock you're the peacock around here and that spread like wildfire once so I call me peacock and I embrace that because the peacock is although it's a flashy animal when it spreads its tail I think it's very important all those feathers to me it's every bit of experience I can display that so when people talk to me I could spread this tail so they can know see all the experiences that I've been through so it's about growing and learning and pushing the boundaries and I think it's important that we surround ourselves with like-minded people we don't have to agree on a lot of things but we have the same dreams or we're headed to the same place and I'm starting to be to be a little bit more spiritual than I was before I'm a Roman Catholic but I have friends who are atheists, who are Taoists, Maoists, and we don't talk about religion at all. It's, we talk about stuff about compassion, forgiving, love, hate, being angry. So all those ideas are important. You, people don't want to talk about uncomfortable stuff, but it's important for you to acknowledge when you feel angry, when you feel disappointed. My friends, I do share a lot with them, although they say that when you change your mindset, your friends will change. Out, she'll definitely change. Someone asked me the other day, how many friends do you have? And since I live on a, the island, I only have two on that. Island. Three, counting my girlfriend. She's mm-hmm. been huge. She's a part of my success. She's been there to help me out through so much, right? Um, and this friend, she's my best friend. That's why with whom I'm starting this venture together. She, has, she doesn't have a degree in architecture, but she loves creating. She wants to be a creator. So, and right now she's taking on a renovation and she doesn't have a degree and she's doing an amazing job. So she's the one pushing me. And she was, I met her when I, when I was selling jewelry, she was a monster. Her <laughs> numbers, she was competing with the managers. That's how big she wow. is, right? And she's not a pushy salesperson. People just fall in love with her. I don't, I don't know, but she, like her sales were over hundred K, right? Every single sale. Mm-hmm. She was like, the, man, the managers were panicking, right? Because she was so huge, they had to stop her. So yeah, they were conniving and doing some, stabbing yeah. her in the back, but she just rolled with the punches. She, I mean, she's a role model to me. So all these things, all these people that I'm surrounded, 
right now are taking me to the next level. Right now, I can't prove that I can become a world-class architect. It's far-fetched. It's crazy. This guy's probably high right now. But in the coming years, you'll see tiny bits that this dream is going to become true. It's, you're going to be able to see it, touch it, smell it, feel it, right? Even if you meditate, you'll be able to understand and comprehend my dream because it will be so clear. Um, some people have said that I should stop journaling, have a journal, and I type, I post it on Facebook and LinkedIn, and people say it's too personal, but I don't care. It's helping a lot of people. And the other, the other day, uh, a girl told, told me that reading that helped uh, her marriage was, um, it helped her marriage out by reading my stuff, right? So she, she sat down with her husband, she definitely improved, be like your friend, da, 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 da. So it's having this impact. Like I said, I'm starting with just one follower, just one like, but eventually it'll become millions and thousands of likes. So I'm just striving in for more and to achieve great things. I want to be a leader, right? A leader is not the guy who's leading, it's the guy who's serving the most. Who's, you could be leading from the front or from the back, from the side, up the sky, underneath a cave, but it's this power of being the alpha, of running the whole show, the all eyes on you, because people do that because you're going through insurmountable, insurmountable. The pain is insurmountable. The pain of uh, firing someone, hiring someone, make, uh, making tough decisions, that's painful. But that's the things that a leader must do, an entrepreneur must do. Someone that someone that's creating has to put up with, because you have you're able to tolerate all this pain. Whether right now you might be irresponsible, always late, you might cheat, you might lie right now, but doesn't mean that's who you are. You're able to change and to become a better person, to create some uh, like a, this new identity that will be so compelling for to other people, and the people will gravitate towards you. So. I know that a lot of us are creating. I told you before, it's difficult to relate to Gary Vaynerchuk, Grant Cardone, or people like, or Eric Thompson. They say, I started washing dishes. I, I had no money. It's difficult to see that because you only see the cars, the businesses, the money, but there's a lot of people at our level that are getting started. And everyone has to, has to know what we're going through because they know this is, possible and even this will enable you to have um business partners at the at the same time so it's important to put out your story to blog about this and people will gravitate because it resonates with you like right now we've definitely connected because we have a lot of stuff in common and i expect for this relationship that we're about to start it goes on for life of course I mean, yeah. not just this podcast i want to provide provide more value to you share more stuff read this I mean, this will become very important to me and I hope it becomes to you and to all of the person, all the people that are listening to this, feel free to reach to both of us, to you and to me. It's very important because creating this community will only make us stronger. I'm happy you mentioned Grant Cardone because he's also like one of the people I follow and I read his book, The Tenextual, and I like the most important thing I took from that is you had to take action every single day towards your dreams or else your dreams won't like happen. And that's like, like everything you said, I agree with 100%, but something that I think that's even more important than like dreaming big or like, it's just taking the action steps. Many people are afraid. I was afraid to, to create this podcast, or like take that leap of faith. And we talked about this leap of faith and how you had to like build that confidence. And something that I like noticed is like a little hack is that the only way we could like either build confidence is by just taking action. Even like you said, even if you're going to fail a couple of times at the very beginning, like the journey is like the success is part, like the success is in the journey by taking the action steps, 10x actioning, like 10x action. Like for me, when I, when I hear like 10x action, it's like emailing people, finding more people, finding more guests for playground, like trying to get as many people as possible, connecting with individuals, that kind of stuff. So I would just like, I'm happy you mentioned Grant Cardone because I like, I also look up to him. It's so like for you, like what does like 10x action mean to you? Or like what does, like taking action mean for you and how do you take daily action steps for you to give big goals? 10X starts very small. People, when they say that, people think you have to go all in the first day and that creates a lot of discouragement. So yes, 10X is important, but 10X starts with 1X, 2X, 3X. It goes exponentially as, they go, as days go by, seconds, minutes. For example, I went through COVID. Mm -hmm. After that, I was skinny, lost a lot of weight. Then I started eating I was eating a lot. Then my dad said, you have a gut. I don't want to see you with that. <laughs> so, 
So he said, you've always been big on training. I don't know why you stopped doing that. It's true. I just eating, right? So I start training. For me, it's so frustrating because I sustain a little bit of lung damage. So my breathing capacity is not as good as it was. Right now, I only last like 20 or 15 minutes of intense cardio before it was 30, 40 minutes, almost an hour. So that's very frustrating. But I said to myself, 1x, 2x, 3x, it's progressive. So you have to be, it has to be 10x spiritually, if you're religious, religiously, but in a very radical way, right? There are lots of examples like that. But at your job, your work ethic has to be unmatched, right? You have, it has to surpass anything or everyone that's around. Mm-hmm. That's how you go 10x on your business, on with your family, spending time with your grandmother your dad your brothers your siblings your friends which is very important as well 10x when it comes to reading 10x with connecting with people it's about don't just do the bare minimum don't do that it's it's terrible then it becomes a habit and that's when you become selfish that's when you became become arrogant so don't do that definitely don't do those things 10x has to be your standard and you'll definitely meet people that their standard is 100x then you'll want 100x but always think big but by you have to take these steps and eventually your path will unfold. Okay, this is the right path and this is where I'll go 10x because I know a lot of people are in their 30s, late 20s and they're lost, completely lost. I felt like that. But there's something that will definitely resonate within you and, you, and you'll say to yourself, this is the, the track, this is the right thing for me to do. So yes, go 10x, don't do the bare minimum, don't even go below what's requested, always do more. That's very important. Love that advice. Love that advice. We're reaching the end of the podcast. So I want to wrap around with just like a couple of more questions. The next question I have is a little hypothetical and it goes back to your childhood. So if you could go back in time and meet younger Peacock, younger, younger Jorge, and he knows everything you're doing right now. He sees all the accomplishments you've done, all the lows and highs you've been through. What advice would younger Peacock give you to the person you become today? um to live the moment interesting to think like a child like you said that's very important because that's groundbreaking as a kid you always know what you want when you go to buy you you know that you want pizza you know that you want ice cream you know you want to go to the beach you know you want to go to to play with your friends you know that nowadays it's very difficult you don't know whether to go out stay home there are so many options right at times it's bad when you have so many options Right now, I've applied for so many architecture studios. Mm-hmm. So many have said no. I almost got hired by a world-class architecture studio. I felt, felt bummed out because they said, okay, send me your visa. You could probably get work with us with your uh, tourist visa. And they said, no, you cannot apply for a job with a tourist visa. So that broke my heart. But it's good because that directed me to somewhere that, okay, I should start my own business. Mm-hmm. And definitely, since all these options were removed, I'm just that I thought I didn't have any other option. Then, okay, I want to be an architect. I want to start my own thing. And that's when I took the jump, right? And I've taken the same jump over and over again, starting by myself. And I always felt I wasn't always flying. I don't know right now if I'm going to fly, but I do think deep down that this is going to happen. I'm going to fly like a bird, like one of the Vinci's machines, right? Yeah. I'm going to fly like that in a very strange way, but I don't want my journey as an architect hasn't been the architect the architect's journey right fresh out of college you get a job at a construction company you start drafting 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 drawing then but you don't some people don't become famous right i've worked as a waiter i've even did it for free because i wanted to become friends with the owner who eventually became my mentor i love that i love that (laughs) i was working at a jewelry store it helped me because i was able to convince and persuade people to buy definitely helped me out with the girls a lot and <laughs> my French isn't that good but it was good enough to make sales and to even talk to girls in French so all these things as a kid I, I, I remember it's funny just remember this as a kid I was pretending to speak some other language mm-hmm. so it's something that I've been carrying out throughout, throughout my life so as a kid you always know what you want the same has to be for an adult this would the younger Peacock will definitely say you always knew what you wanted, what's happening with you that you don't know what you want. But you have to be sure 100% and come in to know what you want. Some people think that you're scared of doing something, but because that doesn't resonate, that's not resonating with you. It's not that you're scared, you want to put all your energy into that. So this is the advice the younger Peacock would say, live in the moment, enjoy your moment. 
embrace those moments, whether it's good or bad. You'll always remember that. You even laugh about that. Because a friend of mine said, I always go with a decision that eventually will turn out to be a great story to share with people. And that's true. So Leap of Fate is a huge story that you should definitely share with your friends, whether it's failure or success. People will laugh or enjoy or take lessons from that. So those two things, live and enjoy those moments or live in the moment and act like a kid because you always know what you want as a kid. And I, I love what he just said. And usually what I ask after I ask this question is what is like you said, like living the moment and like taking the leap of faith and like like reconnecting with the inner child. So like what is one like actionable step that you could put like in your to-do list for like the next week or for like tomorrow or like in the future, like for like your monthly plan list or whatever that will help you reconnect with the inner child or will help you like think like imagine it to be like some like easy one simple action step that you want to take okay so easy another you're growing up watch a tv a tv show or cartoon from back in the day by doing that you'll remember so much stuff that was going on that day so that's my advice watch something where it's anime pokemon cartoon network what nickelodeon i mean i'm not big on spongebob right kind of hate yeah, it yeah. <laughs> i love but- <laughs> what do you because that leads up right up to my next mm-hmm. question because how i've like I, I think this is the first time i'm ever, I'm ever saving saying this but how the reason I, I i end every single podcast interview podcast conversation is what is what is your favorite childhood movie or book and why which i'm going to ask you that is because this question usually helps people remember what book they liked or what movie they liked and why they liked that movie and then it, it helps them get back into the inner child like inner child uh, personality and reconnect with the inner child in that sense too. And that's that you hit it right on the spot, okay, <laughs> Peacock. So what is your favorite childhood movie and all book and why? Okay, um, it's not a book, it's not a movie. It's a TV series anime called Captain oh. Tsubasa. It's uh-huh. about this kid in Japan who wants to become a world-class soccer player. At times I was a kid, but it made me cry all his uh, trials and tribulations. It's meaningless, right? Probably you're a kid, but I was still crying because I, I just wanted to be like that kid, right? To excel in something. So Captain Tsubasa, it's very, it's huge to my life. To this day, I still watch Tom and Jerry. I laugh like crazy I when I watch Tom and Jerry. I, my sister, she's uh, 10, and we still watch it together. Uh, Scooby-Doo, I still watch that. Because like I said, all of those things, I have, I'm abstracting myself from being an adult, being a kid. So that unfolds all these ideas that I'm having lately. So Captain Subasa lately, it's uh, this series called Attack on Titan. Shingeki I, I watched the first season of Attack on Titan. Yeah. And I'm, I, I know the, the new season, final season's coming. So I need to catch up on everything. But I it's love it. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this guy, is ha- it's full of doubts. He thinks he doesn't deserve this power. And we all feel like that at some point. We feel like we don't deserve we were where we were born, like whether it's good or bad, some people... A lot of people here in the say, I wish I wasn't born here. Some people say, I wish I was born in the States, <laughs> but yeah. it doesn't matter. It's a handicap and all these struggles are making you stronger. So for example, in Attack on Titan, this guy has to, for some strange reason, by himself, figure out how to be a Titan, use this power. No one's telling you how to produce a podcast. You have, some people have given you tips, but the way you want to do this is different from other podcasts. That's why it's being authentic. That's why people will reach out to you and pour your thoughts into that's why this podcast is going to be so huge later on in the, in the near future even in the future it'll be so big so it's i like all these i'm not big on anime the whole thing but watch a couple of few gundam wing the same with the, these kids were on robots and fighting other people mm-hmm. it's about i really like the story of the underdog the guy who everyone has have, has you out for the count it's the, the story that i really support this story that's very compelling so it has to be captain subasa thank you jorge i mean thank you pika i'm, I'm still saying <laughs> that's all right it's fine yeah but i love i love i love this conversation love what we just like the past hour how we talk and how we we are very like-minded individuals and i wanted to end like with one very last question is what is are your favorite like architectural project or venture that you created that like every time you pass by walking by or driving by or something that you, like you're very proud of doing and like what is it and like could you tell us more about that yeah um something that i'm really proud of it's the first design that i sent you a portfolio 
-hmm. it hasn't been built. I don't think it's going to be built, but it was the first idea that was extremely creative. It was the idea, the first step to doing something. Probably I might look like in the future, look back on that and it's like, mm, it wasn't that good, but I'm really proud of it. And I've shown it to a lot of people. I don't expect for it to be built, but people, okay, you're creative. This is where you want to go as an architect. And people ask me which architects you like. I like architects from the 60s, the 70s, and the 90s because they were innovating. They were outcasts. No one liked them at the very beginning. So that's why I, I like those architects. And I'm proud of the, the direction where I'm headed because I'm about to produce two new designs and a, a little bit different, or people might think it's not going to happen, but it's high end, it's luxury. Very few people can afford this. And it's those people that I want to reach out because I want people to hire me because I want to innovate, not because I want to do the same thing over and over again. So as an architect, I really admire this lady, Sahadi. I know uh, this architect yeah. from India. There's a Balkrishna Doshi. Mm -hmm. he, he won a, the Pritzker Prize a few years ago. So I like because all the arches and the materials is very interesting, this architect. So yes, the first design that I sent you my portfolio is the thing that resonates with me. My first two projects were kind of mainstream or eh, <laughs> refer my dad and very cheap. So, but I do feel proud because that's how I started. It's a humble beginning for a very successful story that will later on develop. And you should definitely see my first sketch. I mean, even a five-year-old will do a better job at it. I was that bad, trust me. And yes, I'm proud of that first sketch. It looks like crap, but it's the first one and I love it the most. No, well, thank you, Peacock, for this really yeah, great well conversation. Yeah. And uh, yeah, do you have anything to say before we hop off? Um, well, to encourage people to reach out to you and reach out to me for advice, for a business, or even if you want to network with us, because I definitely have something that someone else, someone else needs, right? Not necessarily has to be money, but it could be a thought, uh, an experience, an article. So uh, that feel free to reach out to me. I don't know if you're going to put my uh, Instagram account. Okay, so reach out to me. To me, uh, don't worry, I always reply. I have time for you. I have time for someone else always. That's very important because I reach out to a lot of people. They don't have time for me. So I said, screw this. I will always have time for other people if they need help. Well, thank you, Peacock, for this conversation and for that advice as well. You could follow him on Instagram, which I'll tag on this on the post or like on the description of this podcast description. And for our listeners, if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please, please, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. And I'll see you guys next time. Thank you.